great to be here today. Greetings from our Eagle Hawk campus. Uh, we had a great time over there this morning. Um, for those who don't know, I uh, have spent most of my life in country towns. I, I spent a couple of years out of my 54 years so far in a city, um, the city of Perth, and um, love growing up in country towns. Uh, Bendigo is probably the largest country area or regional city that I've actually grown up in or spent some time in, um, but um, I, I just love uh, country towns. I love the sense of community uh, that sits within uh, a country town. You can go down the middle of town or down the, the street and you can bump into people that you, you know and you can have that um, stop and have a good conversation. I grew up in a town that was close by the beach and so loved heading to the, the beach, particularly during the, the summer months. Sorry for mentioning that in the middle of winter here, but um, uh, it was just a great part of what it meant to grow up in, in those uh, country areas. Um, I remember going to the drive-in um, uh, the, uh, the, the, exactly, um, the drive-in, uh, we, we didn't have a cinema uh, in the town that I grew up in, and so the drive-in was the only place that you could go and watch a movie, and the first movie that my sister took me to was The Shaggy DA, and, um, for those who remember that movie, it was about a detective who morphed from being a, a, a human into a dog, and then back, and solved all these crimes. It was really cool as a kid anyway. It was, it was one of those uh, funny movies. Um, I remember when McDonald's came to town uh, for the first time. It was one of those towns, I guess, like um, any small uh, sort of regional areas, they, they often foster the, the homegrown, the, the businesses w within those towns, and m remembering um, ordering my first Big Mac. I remember this. Shops used to close at midday on Saturday and then reopen um, on Monday morning. Um, you might find that rather strange, but that, that's kind of what happened in country towns and also probably to this day would still sort of happen out there. Um, on Saturday afternoons, we would, we would do stuff um, as, as uh, family, as friends, uh, go to the beach, all that sort of stuff, ride motorbikes, um, it was really cool. And then on Sunday, I grew up in a Christian home, and so Sunday was often full of uh, church stuff. Things have changed. I can now order a Big Mac uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. Um, it feels like um, if you choose, you could just not stop this this kind of... Uh, treadmill uh, that we, we live on or live in. Um, achievement, progress, uh, uh, performance, and even at the moment economic pressure can drive us into places that cause us to just go, 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 go and never, ever stop. Um, I've heard it once said that uh, uh, that if you're not doing something or you're not accomplishing something, then you're wasting your time. Um, all these things uh, kind of are driving, I think, uh, maybe a tiredness in our, in our community. If I was to ask the question this morning, who feels tired? I won't get you to put your hand up, but there would be a few people around here that probably feel worn out uh, with life. Um, in our pursuit of squeezing the most out of life, I think that we've lost something 
that's really important to us, something that gives us life. We are in a series at the moment called Spiritual Rhythms that Feed Our Souls, this idea of building things into our life that sustain us, um, uh, give us life, that, that give us the ability to do the things that God has called us to do. To build in the rhythms of life or the practices into our day, our week, our month, our year, uh, that, that, that give us life. Um, I, I think of the words of Jesus when he says, I have come that you may have life. Um, so far that uh, in the series we've been looking at this idea of spending time in the Word or um, just diving into Scripture. Uh, last week we looked at silence and solitude or um, just spending those moments in quiet with God. And today we will look at Sabbath rest. And it kind of feels weird to be su- suggesting a, a rhythm of practice um, that encourages us to slow down, um, to get off the treadmill, to relax. Um, how can this be a spiritual discipline? Um, some of the reading at the moment that I, I engage with, some of the stuff around spiritual formation, Richard Foster and others, um, suggest that this is a really important thing for us to build in our lives. And I hope today that we rediscover something of this ancient principle of life that will, will um, breathe life back into our souls. Um, when I mention, uh, when, we, when we say the, the word Sabbath rest, I guess most of us who would be familiar with um, Scripture would, would instantly think to maybe the Ten Commandments. Um, or as someone calls them, the ten best ways of God. Um, the Ten Commandments are bedded in Exodus. Uh, remember the story, God rescues Israel out of slavery or out of captivity. Um, they cross the Red Sea. They spend some time, trying to, 30 days or so, trying to figure themselves out. And it was in that moment that Moses goes up the mountain and spends this, this time with God. And it was in that space, in that moment, um, that God gives these Ten Commandments, this um, way of, of life or the, the way to live in community uh, based on what God was thinking and what he was wanting from his people. And as you read through, if you've got your Bibles, if you read through those Ten Commandments, um, we'll pick it up with commandment, um, the commandment on the Sabbath, which is commandment number four in verse eight. But you'll notice a couple of things. Eight of them, at the beginning of, of each commandment, it says, you must not, you must not, you must not. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not uh, steal, and so forth. Interestingly, two uh, don't start with that, the Sabbath being one of them. The, sta- the Sabbath starts with that word, remember. And I can't help but think that there's something strategical going on here uh, for God because I think that it's easy for us to remember uh, not to steal or not to kill someone. Um, I would hope so. Um, But yet the Sabbath kind of just gets lost. The other one is honour thy father and mother. Um, is, is, is starts, uh, the, the, the commandment starts off with a different phrase, which those two things, maybe they're things that um, 
uh, we've lost or we've, we've forgotten or we, we need to remember. And so I want to read this morning uh, the fourth commandment. It should be up on the screen there, and it says this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, and remember this little section here, or this little phrase here in verse 11, connects, um, connects this, this uh, commandment with the order in creation, which is a really important point, and I'll draw from that in a moment. In in, this, in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. The Ten Commandments um, are just such a key part of the relationship between God and his people. Spoken by God, written in stone, and if you read um, Exodus 31, it's written by the hand of God or the finger of God. Um, it was placed in the Ark of the Covenant, um, yet in a very short space of time, about 40 days, Israel broke those commandments or some of those commandments. Uh, this is the story of Israel, isn't it? One minute following God, next minute not following God, one minute trusting God, not trusting God, one minute uh, obeying his commandments and not obeying his commandments. Sound familiar? God speaks to the prophet Isaiah to remind them of the way that they have drifted from this, this uh, covenant uh, or moral law, as, as some would call it, the Ten Commandments. And he says in, verse, uh, in, in Isaiah 58, Keep the Sabbath day. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honour the Sabbath in everything you do uh, so in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly then the Lord will be your delight I will give you great honour and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob I the Lord have spoken this reminder sitting there because the people have drifted from this this, um, this life principle of uh, what it means to be in covenant relationship with God around the Sabbath, to stop, to rest, to just um, uh, bask in the, in the glory of who God is. Um, as I said, we find most of the commandments fairly easy to follow. But this one here, I reckon, we wrestle with in our community. We wrestle with it as people. And there's probably reasons for that because of the things that I've mentioned, the, the drive in our community to, to pursue and to, to acquire and to do things that we need to do. But I think the Sabbath rest is important for uh, reasons beyond maybe the Ten Commandments. Um, and the reason I say that is when you read Scripture, you get this feeling of, of God uh, wanting his people, wanting us to um, embrace a life that um, we would enjoy and that we would find some sense of peace and rest in who he is. And Psalm 23 is the verse that I want to, to just draw from for that this morning. We often read this in times of grief, but in Psalm 23 it says this, 
The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and leads me beside peaceful streams. Um, the imagery here that, that I, I get is, is a God who is, is wanting us to find that contentment, that peace, that rest in, in who he is, that ability to be able to just sit by a stream. If you can picture a sheep full um, because of the green pasture that is around and is full and content and he just sits and he rests beside a stream. God is inviting us into that space. He's inviting us into a place of rest with him. Um, we use a, we're using a verse at the moment um, as, as an anchor for this series. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is often referred to um, uh, the spiritual burdens, the, the hardships of life that sit um, there for us, that we can find rest um, in God, and, and uh, as we trust him, we find that peace inside. But I think that we're mind, body, and soul. I think that this rest can be felt in, in every, um, every aspect of who we are. And the reason I say that is even a further idea that I've got here, and that is that this idea of Sabbath is a universal principle based on the fact that God rested on the seventh day. In Genesis chapter 2, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was a day when he rested from all his work of creation. For me, um, the Ten Commandments are great and they're a great model. Mosaic law, you can go through and you can see more detailed um, Moses' writings around the, the detail of, of a Sabbath. But this here... The fact that God rested on the seventh day, to me that, that universal principle, is, it sits heavy, um, it sits there for us to, to, um, to, to draw from and to model in our lives. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but Adam and Eve's first day was a day of rest. The very first day that they began their journey of, 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 uh, this, this, on this earth, was a day of rest. Um, I did some, uh, a, a little bit of research around um, uh, this whole, whole idea of rest, and, and these are very obvious things uh, this morning, is that most of us need eight hours of sleep a night, okay? Um, you can survive on less. Some survive on six and less. In fact, um, 50 years ago, 3% of our population survived on six hours of sleep a night and less. Um, today, that's 30%. So as a, as a community, we're, we're actually sleeping less, probably to jam-pack more stuff into our life. Um, uh, we know that sleep deprivation, deprivation is, is uh, equal with life being intoxicated. If you're somebody who, um, you would understand this, all young mums, if you get into that space of being extremely tired because of the demands around a young child... Um, it can be equivalent to, to being intoxicated. So they say, don't get behind the wheel. Um, that lack of sleep um, can do funny things to our body. It can do, uh, cause all sorts of health issues. 
Um, I'm no doctor here and nurse, and sorry if I'm uh, uh, being a bit simplistic in what I'm saying here this morning, but if you um, put your body under so much stress through lack of sleep and lack of rest, it triggers off chemicals in your body to try and heal um, itself from the stress that it's experiencing. And so it can cause cardiovascular um, disease. And I'm not trying to frighten you this morning, but the reality is rest is such an important part of what it means to, to just be human. Let alone a follower of Jesus. We need to, we need to find that, that, that place in our, in our world where we, we rest and rest well. Jesus and the Sabbath, I know you're sitting there saying, hang on a minute, um, a lot of this stuff, um, outside of the uni- universal principle of, of God resting on the seventh day um, is, is to do with another culture. It's not to do with us. Jesus healed, we know, on the Sabbath. We know that his disciples were accused of picking grain. Um, Mark um, 2 and 3 talk about that, and there's other places as well. And I, and I think, um, you know, Jesus' response is great. Um, uh, he says this, when accused of... Um, uh, he's, he's accused, his disciples accused of picking grain. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Um, when he's accused of healing someone, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? And so he has these responses um, out of grace, I believe, um, that uh, ha- allows him the space to be who he was on the Sabbath. Jesus being God, being from uh, David's line, you would assume, the assumption is, that he would carry or he would live out some sort of rhythm of Sabbath in his life. But it's not a legalistic thing, and that's what I want to say today. Um, The Sabbath, we're not trying to beat up in any of the rhythms on any of us. These are things that we're inviting people into a space of being able to um, put things in their life that will give, give them or breathe life into their souls. And Sabbathing or having rest is, is one of them. Um, there's some great, for those who like to dive a little bit deeper, there's some great stuff around um, moral law versus um, ceremonial law, mosaic law, um, that is really interesting um, in regards to whether or not Sabbath rest is, is um, something that's super important for us as followers of Jesus. But I think um, uh, ultimately for us, rest is found in that peace in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's that peace that we find in, in what it means to follow him. But I do believe that um, uh, having a, a day of rest is really critical and really important for us and, and, and continues to build into that sense of um, uh, healthy souls, um, healthy people um, for uh, Christ's sake. Um, Growing up, as I said, the Lord's Day is what often we referred to it at home. Um, my father would, would call it that. He, he often would reference the fact that the um, early church met on the first day of the week and so um, it was important to, to have a, um, a, a Sabbath-y kind of uh, day, the Lord's Day on a Sunday. And so growing up, it was, it was, it was far from rest. Um, I used to go to Sunday school at 9 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock church service. I would go home for... Um, often a roast lunch, lunch. I don't know how mum ever did that, but she did it. Um, we'd have roast lunch. We'd then do visitation in the afternoon and then we'd go back for the gospel service at 7 o'clock at night. 
And if you fell into um, bed that night um, feeling like you were tired, then it would be completely understandable. It was, wasn't really a, a, a day of rest. Um, according to Jewish tradition, a Sabbath um, has a start and an end. They, they uh, w- would start on a Friday night and they would go through to, to um, Saturday night. Um, they, there was often a lighting of a couple of candles which was to remind people of um, a couple of things to observe the Sabbath um, and the importance of the Sabbath. It, it, was, um, it would finish on a Sunday night when three stars would come up in the sky. So there was some tradition around that. Um, they rested. They stopped. Um, they didn't do any work. That's what you read in the Mosaic Law. There's this idea of just stopping and not doing anything. Um, and the connection here is, is the fact that um, God rescued them out of Egypt, out of slavery, which was a seven-day-a-week grind for them. And so this idea of, of Sabbath was, was in there, not because it was only a universal principle, I believe, but because it was a part of this blessing, this new covenant, out of um, what for them was 430 years of really difficult times. Um, that, um, to this day... Um, uh, Attending, uh, attending synagogues would be a part of, or, or the temple would be a part of, um, uh, a part of the practice of, of Sabbath. There would be the study of God's word. They would spend time together as a family. So these are all things that would happen traditionally in that that whole Sabbath rest period. Um, so what does it look like for us? That's the big. Uh, $64 million question. What does it look like for us? And this is an invitational thing. And I'm going to suggest four things um, this morning to to help us engage with this idea of Sabbath, of rest. The first is to stop. To stop. Um, For Israel, it was on Friday night as dusk um, uh, started to appear. Uh, on sundown but it was just that that sense of just get off the treadmill turn off the technology read a psalm light a candle do all whatever it takes to just stop the busyness of life the achievement the pursuit the trying to balance the books at the moment just stop I can remember I've, um, I've done a, a bit of uh, cycling in my, um, in my time and uh, I can remember a, a couple of rides that I've done around here in, in Bendigo. One day I rode to, down to Castlemaine, I went across to Malden and back home. And I, I can remember getting back, and, and this would happen often, and just simply getting off the saddle and just falling into a chair and just stopping. And the sense of, oh, you know, that, that, that is good. Um, you know, uh, it, 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 it's a great moment. If you've done marathon running, if you've done any sort of strenuous either physical exercise or work and just that stopping, getting off the saddle, getting off the treadmill um, is such an important thing. A second thing. Sabbath was about rest. This whole idea of, you know, slavery for for X amount of years for Israel, um, seven days a week just grinding it out. 
this idea of not only stopping, but resting. Resting, to sleep, to relax, to sit, to switch off your mind from focusing on work and the things to do list. Do whatever it takes to rest. Um, I, I, I know some, uh, some of the, the uh, uh, things I read at the moment and some of the people that I listen to would suggest that or, or they'll, they'll say that they get up on a Saturday morning and they have breakfast and then they go back to bed and they sleep. Um, it sounds weird, but it's good and it's healthy. Um, <laughs> um, that, that, I, I've got three kids. Um, one of them, uh, you, you can talk to Jill about this, one of them would not sleep in the early days and uh, it, was, it was pretty hard work. Um, another one of our kids would fall asleep eating a meal. Um, so we had these two extremes going on and um, now they're, they're, they're completely the opposite. One, you can't get out of bed and one, you've got to say, slow down. Um, but that, that sense of, you know, if you're a parent, you'll understand this or a grandparent or someone who's had a baby in their arms and that baby just uh, is, is there and they're slowly drifting off to sleep and when they go to sleep, that sort of dead weight that sits there in your arms as they peacefully sleep, that sense of rest at that moment for them is, is beautiful. And I think God... Um, is wanting us to, to not only stop, but to, to rest, to sleep, to, to just, um, just do whatever it takes to, to wind down. The next thing um, that I want to suggest this morning is that you don't only stop and rest, but you delight on a Sabbath um, to think about God who he is, what he means to you as his child, to enjoy his creation, to spend time with family, to eat good food, to drink good coffee, um, to do whatever it takes to delight in the goodness of who God is. Um, I just loved, um, our, as a kid, going home after church and having that meal, that roast meal with the family. Um, you know, a sister kicking you under the table, all that sort of stuff. But just sitting around, you know, talking and, um, and laughing and, and sometimes crying <laughs> um, it was such a good part of, of our Lord's Day, that day of rest, spending time with family, relationally connecting not only with God but each other. Part of the reason why we went um, visiting in the afternoon was uh, because I didn't have cousins or aunties and uncles around and so extended uh, friends became like extended family and so we would do that um, in the afternoon on a Sunday. But that sense of, you know, just, just hanging with friends, going for a walk in the, in the bush and smelling the, uh, the smells of the bush the, when the rain first hits the earth kind of smell... Um, Sitting down and not putting a quota on your coffee that day, just just enjoying and delighting in um, God and His goodness towards us. So stop, rest, delight, and to worship 
um, to, to sing, to read aloud, to talk with God, to not ask God for things, to just worship Him, to go to church, to do whatever it takes to worship. I love, I love this. I love coming and, and singing um, praises to God. I know worship is not narrowed down to just singing praises, but I love it. In that moment of just declaring um, your, your affection for God um, is such a good thing. I, I said to uh, some of the pastors during the week, my ideal of a Sabbath would be something like this. Um, get up, have breakfast, go back to bed. Um, and then delight um, in the day with family and friends and, and all that sort of stuff. But to finish it off um, with coming to church and worshipping God in that space with other people. I, I know that that's not how we do things, but um, if I was to dream for a moment, that would be my ideal Sabbath, to just finish it off with this sense of, ah, I love you, God. Um, because you're coming out of that space of rested um, uh, and delight in who God is. Um, you know, I want, I want to suggest this morning as we kind of um, gravitate to an end that um, for you, if you, you're on the treadmill, pick a day that works for you. Um, I know that there's, there's a sense where Sunday is often considered that day of rest, that Lord's Day, that Sabbath day. But if you're, an, if you're a policeman or a nurse or um, a shift worker, that, that's a little bit hard. If you're a pastor, it's, it's not like that. A pastor's, day's start, a pastor's Sunday starts, believe it or not, I know that we only work one day a week, um, <laughs> but it does start at six and go right through to often 10 o'clock at night. It's a big day. And so it's not a Sabbath for a pastor. I just want to put that out there. Um, I, I don't know if I was to do a survey here. Do you know which day um, our senior pastor's Sabbath is? Oh, we've got somebody who knows. Friday. Um, uh, it, it, it would be of great um, consideration that on a Friday, um, unless it was an emergency, uh, that there was no contact made with Dave. That, that would be a good thing for, for him as he engages in this universal um, principle, this, this thing called Sabbath, um, as he rests and in delights and enjoys in who God is um, with family and friends. Um, I've got a, a kind of this idea at the moment called a roaming Sabbath because... Uh, um, it's hard to lock down one day a week. Um, but somewhere in a seven-day period, I want to lock out a, a, a Sabbath because um, it's just important for us. It's important for um, our journey in life. Um, uh, whatever works for you, just call it. Um, I know that Mum used to prepare the roast on uh, Saturday night. It's a part of it. Um, so maybe even... Um, some preparation to make sure that your day isn't full of, oh, I've just got to go down to the APCO to get some milk now, or other things that might just jump, jump, crop up for you, um, to put some sort of preparation into it um, so that it, it works really, really well for you. So I want to finish by, by asking this question. 
Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out? Are you feeling like giving up? I want to suggest this morning and invite you to seriously consider building a rhythm of rest into your life. Value it. Value the relationships that exist within that. Um, We're not asking here this morning as a church for more from you. We We can do that well. We're asking for less. We're asking that you stop, that you relax, that you rest, that you delight, and that you worship. What dreams do you have to give up to to do whatever it takes to make this right in your life. I think of the words of Jesus again when he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Um, I love love this question. And I'll, I'll stop right here with this question. At what point At what point did we think we know better than God? If God rested on a seventh day and modelled that for us, at what point did we think that we could somehow get away with not having a rhythm of practice in a seven-day period where we just stop, rest, delight, and worship. Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you today and uh, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. You are our God and we are your people and we're delighted with that. Lord, we are here today as people who humbly um, come before you and, and rely on you for, for direction in our life and and Lord in scripture we we read all sorts of things that uh, will please you that will not earn our salvation but will will make you happy and Lord as we read and as we process and apply those things to our lives Lord I just ask that you would breathe life into our souls Lord, as people, we desire to to passionately follow after you, to be transformed by you. And so, Lord, help us as as your people to embrace these rhythms. Lord, to spend time in your your word, to to spend time just alone with you, to, to spend time stopping and just delighting in who you are. Help us with that, Lord. Remind us, prompt us. Lord, we desire to be people who declare your goodness, your light, your your salt in the community around us. And so, Lord, in this moment, just encourage us, empower us, strengthen us, we pray. But we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather and to just... um, delight in in who you are to worship you and so lord as we continue to do that now do something in this moment we pray uh, that will continue to shape us according to your plan and purpose we ask in your precious name
Amen. Would you stand with us?